kick off a brand new experience here on Blast Beats and Bicycles. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Caster and Stephen Valorp. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's almost been a year to the day that you guys were on the show last. Yeah, it was last last year in April. <laughs> Little different circumstances. We're, uh, we're not in the same room together. We're uh, doing this thing virtually. But you know what? We got all kinds of fans are going to hang out with us because we're on uh, Facebook Live, right? Right. Yep. That's a plus. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's get started. For people who don't know you, maybe talk a little bit about uh, who you are and how the band got started. Well, I'm Stephen Valor. I'm the lead guitar player, also the manager, the booking agent, producer, and most importantly, the HR department. <laughs> I can only imagine how many complaints you get from people in the HR department. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a monster. This guy real close. <laughs> well, I'm just going to get it. Well, like, uh, yesterday on Instagram, I posted a photo and censored it. Um, I was like, because he, I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but there was, there was more to that photo. And I'm like, you can't post that. Like. Yeah, I had to clean that up a little bit. <laughs> right, because Facebook is a family place, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, you got to start somewhere, right, with baby steps. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, you guys are brothers, and I know you've been playing music together for a, for a long time. Talk a little bit about how you got started with the band. really started because of me you know I, I caused trouble and uh, I caused the band to really start <laughs> I think it was like seventh eighth grade I started listening to oh started listening to heavy metal started like I made some new friends we started listening to like Slipknot and System of a Down and that kind of stuff and then one of my friends he He's like, check out this guy. And he started playing Marilyn Manson. And I was like, oh, man, you know, like, like the visual, he's all, this guy's messed up. He's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but the music, I really love the music. And then, you know, the image just fits the music after a while. And I, he became a huge influence for me. And that's when I wanted to become a musician. So I bought a guitar. From Sam's Club, Sam's Club starter guitar. And I played for like three months, and then I was playing it. And when you start playing, you start writing. So I wrote some crappy riffs and some crappy lyrics, and I was trying to combine the two. And I was having a hard time with that because I was bad at guitar. I was horrible. So I'm like, Steve, can you play this while I try to sing over it, see if it fits? I'm like, sure, I guess, you know, why not? And, and then he, he played what took me three months to learn and write. You know, he played that in like three, four minutes. You know, he cut out pretty fast. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be playing this guitar anymore. <laughs> so that's when I started to sing. And the, another reason uh, Manson was a huge influence was at the time I had a lower voice. Going through puberty, I had a low, raspier voice, and I was like, "Well, if Manson can do it, you know." He never 
never sang before too. Like right. we just put music out of the blue. Like, well, that was the thing. I was in choir in seventh grade. I remember that. And I absolutely hated it. It was the worst thing on the planet. I hated singing. I never wanted to sing. And then like a year later, I'm now a singer. <laughs> now it's my favorite thing to do on the planet. And um, that's what I really miss right now. How, uh, or do you remember what, when you wrote your first song together? I mean, do you remember when that was? Um, oh man, I think this I'm thinking of two songs. I just don't know which one. I, I don't even want to talk about it, but this, this <laughs> um, breaking glass on my head. Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, that's metal. Come on. Absolutely, it is. That's very Manson inspired. I remember our first three songs. That was the first one. Second one was Devil's Anthem. Devil's Anthem. And the third one, I was really into the Misfits when I wrote. Them. And this song was called Cemetery Whore. <laughs> um, nice. Cut really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we that first, escalated quickly. <laughs> that was our first week of doing music, and well, <laughs> we those new songs in like that first like week, and then the following week we were doing a show at the Varsity Theater. <laughs> oh, <laughs> true. Our very first show was as a duo playing heavy metal at Varsity Theater. <laughs> wow. We actually had half an hour of music. You're right. And we already cut uh, Breaking Glass Up. I'm like, yeah. yeah, we cut that out of the set. Yep. I think we even cut Devil's Anthem out of the set. Like, we were ready. Yeah, I remember playing that one. We played that one? Yeah. The thing is, we were, we were moving fast. Yeah, if you watch uh, our video for My Rock and Roll Dream, yeah, the video, you see us, we're like super young and there's like blue lighting in a big stage. That's mm -hmm. the first thing. Yeah. That's fantastic. Boy, that's a that's a great way to start your career. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, obviously you've you've evolved, uh, you've you've grown together as a as a band. You kind of call yourselves industrial theater. What what does that mean to you and how did that play out in the early days? It's kind of a a, a misconception. The industrial theater more describes the stage show. Right. More the visual aspect. The look. Yeah. Um, so like we say, we welcome you to the industrial theater. Right. It's half theater, half uh, steel metal plant. You know, like yeah, because the industrial part that talks about our stage show. Everything yeah. is made of metal. <laughs> we got papers, wings. It's all like industrial steel. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very difficult. I remember someone was helping us move the wings that we had in the background and they dropped it and they got all freaked out. And I'm like, yeah, I think you damaged the, the concrete there. More than the wings. <laughs> <wing. laughs> they're, they're like, like these <laughs> massive wings. Like. <laughs> strong. And that's what that's why I call it the industrial theater because it has like that industrial steel metal plant kind of look along with the industrial. Yeah, Theatrical kind of Alice, Alice Cooper, Cooper yeah. kind of like Alice Cooper meets Rammstein. You know, that's kind of what I was going for. Um, so it's did, Caster, did you build all of the stage props yourself? All the stage setup? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I that metal. I welded it. Um, I, I created the whole blueprint, like the idea for it, like how the wings look and everything. I did all that by myself. Amazing. I actually really enjoy it. I, I like working with metal. And uh, so I got to ask, did you build the thrones that you guys are sitting on right now, too? I did. Yeah. And oh, my gosh. So these, just so you know, are 100% recycled. The seats we're sitting on are the seats that came from our tour bus. That's phenomenal. We, you got so, the seats and then turned them into these chairs. Took the seats out. They were just lying around in my dad's shop. And I was like, what if we just paint them black? Because you got to paint them black. Make it look right. cool. We did that. And I'm like, how do I make it look like a chair, like a cool chair? You know? Um, Slap on some headlights on them and call it. <laughs> These are all headlights from cars and like all the chrome pieces or like bumpers and stuff. And yeah, just spectacular. Did I? I mean, how how much do they weigh? They're actually pretty light. Yeah, um, everything's kind of hollow on here, but yeah, but well, they're actually pretty comfortable. You know, you were saying they're not comfortable. They're well, these two are actually kind of comfortable to sit on. There's a third one over there. Um, <laughs> that one, you can't really lean back because I put all the – like the comfort. I thought about how cool it would look. So all the pieces are going up and down the back, so it's not the most comfortable to lean on. These are different. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a great time, and that's what – I don't have a job right now, so <laughs> I was good. Um, well, you know what? This is, it's a great way to take advantage of your time that you have while we're you know all quarantined at home. And I got to tell you that Game of Thrones has got nothing on you guys. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. That's awesome. I got to talk to them. I definitely have to up my chair game here in the studio, so I might need to consult with you on some some projects. Absolutely, he'll build you one. No, awesome. Like six more chairs. <laughs> He's always got new cars coming in. I got lots of other parts. I love it. Lots of Ferrari parts on there. Totally. You know, uh, you know, as long as you've you've got this plan in mind, you know, Dave Grohl when he fell off the stage, he built that whole, uh, you know, throne thing that he sat on, and I think even Axl Rose used it. So, you know, it seems like there may be a niche here for for your skill set. Oh, man. Let me off of this. That's what you're saying. Oh, man. I think so. <laughs> Get your business manager onto that. <laughs> that's, that's what he does. I'll get on it. <laughs> you guys have been busy uh, with a lot of other stuff, though, too. I mean, recently you dropped the, the cover of Party Rock Anthem. And uh, I want to dig into that a little bit with you guys. It's a really fun video. It's a great tune, and I really want to know what made you decide that that was a good song for Castor Valor to, to cover. Well, it comes straight from the title. I mean, party rock anthem. Right. You know, the biggest thing is that LMFAO, they kind of, they're a pop band, but then they took a song and they called it party rock. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's not really rock and roll, so we wanted to yeah. sort of take it back. Nice. Really, really establish that dominance, the dominance of it. 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> rewrote the whole song, took out lyrics, because, I mean, you're not going to fit that many words in, in a rock song. Otherwise, the song was already, like, almost six minutes when we recorded it. So if we kept any more verses, it would have been, like, seven or eight. <laughs> In all honesty, like I listened to those, like listen, listen to the song like once or twice before we started like writing it. Um, we just took the chords and the words, and that's what we. What we yeah, we um, kept the we, melody. We really, we really wanted to make it our own. Um, like it, we didn't want to do like who did that cover of Africa by Toto? Weezer. Weezer, yeah. You know, like. Yeah. It, on on the radio and i'm like why are these pop stations playing toto's africa all of a sudden because it sounds almost identical it does. Like, that, <laughs> that's not Toto. i'm like what do you mean it's not Toto? that is total it's not total <laughs> and i'm just like it's identical that's not a, that's not a cover yeah. it, 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 i'm trying to replicate it it's like I, that's that's not what we were going with this yeah like if you're a um, cover band you know playing the weekends yeah, you want to sound like the original song, but as an established band, make the song your own, put your own yeah, that's I love that when people do that with covers. I it, To me, that's a much more fun way to approach doing a cover is to really make it your own. So what are some of the things you put in to the, to the song that made it so uniquely Castor Bore? I mean, what were you really trying to focus on? I really wanted it to be hard. So like just starting off with the intro, there's an entire drum intro as opposed to the original. It was more of just like a simple um, drum machine doing a, a one-two type of beat. Mm -hmm. Our drummer Jorge, instead, he put together like a whole drum solo right in the intro, you know, while the rest of us are just playing basic chords. Yep. And we, we get the momentum going, the beats going, and then we hit that big Bon Jovi style chorus. Everyone sings together. And then um, I really wanted to nail the the solo part of it, you know, where they have their keys and whatnot, the signature part of the song. And the first time I heard the original, I was like, man, this would sound really cool played on guitar. There's put a distortion on it and off you go. Nice. Were there any elements of the song that you wanted to keep true to the original or close to the way the original sounded or, or felt? Just enough so people recognize it. Yeah. Um, that, that's all I wanted to make sure that so like the melody, yeah, the melody, structure, the words. Yeah, we did change some of the words to we, be more rock and roll, but still. Right, because yeah. it wasn't written like a rock song, um, so we had to make those changes. Yeah, um, sure. Really happy with how it came out. Um, to be honest, when I first brought this up, nobody was going to do it. Like I told, I told, he was like, "Dude, no," I'm like, because like it just hit me one day. I'm like, "We should." <laughs> at a bar when the idea really hit me i was like we should probably cover this and then i talked to steve i'm like dude we should probably cover this he's like dude no that's a horrible idea i'm like i know and i hate myself for bringing it up <laughs> then I'm, I'm sitting at home one day and i get an email and it said party rock guitars and i listened to it he sent me him playing the guitar for that song and i was like <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah, I, like, I was so stubborn about the idea. I was like, please, let's not do this, do anything else. So but then I, I just took it home. I composed it. I'm like, you know what? This actually sounds pretty good. The way I saw it was like, had Twist and Shout, 
and had come on feel the noise. Castor Valor needed a song. And if you kind of look at the trend, you know, it's not really a rock song. You kind of make it a rock song and beef it up. You put your style into it. And that's what they did. And that's what I wanted to do for this song. Do you feel like covers are going to be an important part of what you do as you continue to make more music? You're going to try and do this on a somewhat regular basis? Right now and then, really, we have a lot of original material. <laughs> yeah, I like the original material better. Yeah. Um, it's just right now, um, we're in between, we just released, well, two years ago we released our EP. It's time for some new music, but we're not quite ready for the full-length album. Because there's going to be a lot of music on there. We want to make sure we do it right. It sounds perfect the best we can possibly get it. Sure. We want to release something else in the meantime. Keep people so, excited. Exactly. And aside from the music videos, we released this song here. Put out something new in 2020. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to move on to the rest of the originals. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about those videos. Uh, how you've done three now with Party Rock in the last six or eight months or so. Um, but the first two were part of a theme. They sort of had a theme running through them of Castor and the Asylum. Talk a little bit about what's why you chose those particular songs to start your video experience with. Well, we did Ready or Not because we wanted to create a video where we can just out basically be ourselves yep. and like show people what castle lord is about you know like how crazy we are how over the top there's a video where it's just not much story just go out rock out mm-hmm. the end and the beginning and even in the video you know it's not so in your face but there is a little bit of a story weaved into that sure and then black leather we have to do next because that's kind of what we're known for. Black Leather is That's our leading song. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what we're about. Um, and that one helped develop the story a little bit more. Um, but that one had more of a theme. There's a lot of different um, concepts running through that video. Yeah. I don't know if I talked about this enough with anybody, but I'm a huge Tyra Banks fan, you know? <laughs> Um, I've seen every episode of her talk show. I absolutely love her. She might have something special at some point. <laughs> so, so how did Tyra Banks in, in get included in the video exactly? She's not in there. there there's a Tyra B, um, but you know. Uh, <laughs> but that's why. I, so the re- so I love Tyra and everything. And that's what the video is kind of like. I wanted to do like a runway, like a fashion show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where her influence came in. And this happened to be a blow-up doll named Tyra said Tyra. It's about you know being yourself, dress how you want to dress, because you know people always come at us for the way we look and our visuals and all that. So that's what Black Leather Middle Finger is about. Well, like we that- don't care. If- you got a problem with it or not that's yeah so that's what the the song is about it's mm-hmm. about like it's mostly about a, kind of like a fashion statement because people always talk about our looks like when we first started like we would just get page long emails people saying horrible things 
all of it really revolved around the look, not so much the, we suck, but more about what we were wearing. It's like, man, why are you so mad? Because I'm wearing leather pants. And we really sucked at the time. So at least more about how crappy the music is and because we look great. <laughs> how bad we played. We we look great. Uh, so that, that's what the song was really about. And but the video, I want to take it a step further. Um, so at the end, there's all these skeletons with names on it. And um, these skeletons, they, they had names. Um, and these were names of people that I personally don't like. I love it. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of these people. Like there's a, a Jeffrey E. You know, like I know a Jeffrey E that I'm not a fan of. <laughs> you know Jeffrey E, you know, you don't like, you know, I'm sure everyone has a Jeffrey they're not a fan of. So like I put these names on these people and I, I gave them I, what they deserve. I guess I punished them. <laughs> So there was a there was a Fred P who I, I engaged in uh, <laughs> um, we're gonna make sure that everybody's got links to the video so they can see exactly how you respond to the, the haters in the video. That's the thing, like I feel like that video was a little bit misunderstood. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, I, I feel like people didn't get it. Um you just gotta take maybe too subtle. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm only drilling into someone's head. You know? <laughs> Adolf, I think. Yeah, Adolf, yeah. Okay. Yeah. These are people that I'm not a fan of, and what was, um, hurt them. You know? That's great. Um, basically, how Black Leather Middle Finger is like the hand of justice. You can play it that way. Right. Because um, that's kind of what that gesture means. It means, hey, no. Can we all swear on this? <laughs> this is, it's just Facebook. Because oh, I remember last time we couldn't curse. It was that really was, tough. That was really tough. <laughs> Basically, you know, Black Elder Middle Finger means fuck off. You know, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do me. You do whatever it is you do. I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's, saying these folks i love it i love it we're going to drop in uh that song into the into the, the recording so when we set it up as a podcast people will be able to listen to that we're going to drop in uh, party rock anthem as well I'm, I'm curious to know about the production of the videos actually um like who, who directed and and shot the videos for you guys so um i directed them we put the storyline together you know he's obviously like the artistic part of it be like, hey, I want to make touch base on this. We talk about this. We visualize this, and then I kind of just put it together. And the guy who filmed it is actually my tattoo artist. <laughs> so he's a creative guy already. Yeah, I was like, you do video. Let's make some music videos. He's like, all right, cool. So that's what we did for those three. That's really fun. And so the same same guy shot all three of the videos. All three. Yep. Um, actually, if you want to talk about production. Uh, we could talk about party rock yeah um, that video um that was wild yeah so we we have to throw the script out um it was all just because on the spot we went too hard all right we it, it wasn't a we so 
in my perfect world, the way it was supposed to happen is everybody shows up. You know, I explain the purpose of the video, and then we have to loosen up, and then we can film it. What happened is everyone came down plastered. Uh-oh. So we had to control, like, a group of, what, 15, 20 people who were just completely drunk. Oh, no. So what we did is we just turned up the music live, and we just rocked out. Yeah, I love it. We lost complete control of that. But it's so genuine. Um, it's I mean, yeah, lore, that's like, like a casserole party, but like, you know, we had, we had plans, you know, and none of that really, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know what, it felt like you were uh, playing a live show, you know, people were getting into it and you were really, uh, you know, lighting it up. It was, yeah. it was really, it's a lot of fun. Wow. Video. Exactly. Um, and then afterwards, you know, we continued the party once you we were filming. Yes. I yeah. remember when I was cleaning up, I had to grab a shovel because there was so much garbage everywhere. I was just like shoveling confetti and bottles and balloons into a garbage bag. That's uh, that's very metal, you know. When when there's a cast or velour behind the scene, behind the music episode, sometime in the future, that's got to be like the headline story. We should. I think those would be more popular than the videos. Me <laughs> 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 cleaning. That would have been great. Like a <laughs> drug shuffling inside. The- well, yeah, that was the thing. Like, you know, it's not like you weren't partying either. Like, you know, we were having a really good time. It had to be authentic. Right. There it needs to be a blooper reel from that video, it sounds like. <laughs> I love it. So, um, you guys obviously have had uh, a lot of shows recently. You've been playing a lot. You've toured. You've actually gone to Wisconsin for a number of shows, Illinois for a number of shows. Um, how are those new fans? I mean, I'm assuming that they're not quite as familiar with you as the Twin Cities are. How are those fans reacting to, to your music? What, uh, what kind of uh, feedback are you getting? Good feedback. I'd say really positive. Yeah. You know, that's why we keep coming back <laughs> yeah, um, that's true illinois has the best response from what we've seen um whether it's just like a suburb of illinois or um chicago mm-hmm. they seem to have like a stronger rock and roll metal community over there honestly sort of. like any city you play yeah. in there's a big rock and roll venue like interesting like when we're, where we're playing on, on memorial day hopefully that still happens but that's in Savannah, Illinois. Like, has anyone heard of Savannah, Illinois? I don't know. But the point is, um, the guy um, in Savannah over there, he owns, like, the entire main street. So he has, like, four or five bars. And we're going to be playing on the main stage for two nights. So it's like, I think it's, we're getting pretty positive feedback over there. <laughs> Savannah is actually supposed to be, like, Sturgis. What they yeah. tell me. Uh, it gets really wild. Um, they even have a bar there. It's called the Iron Horse. That's where we're playing. It's the Iron Horse. Iron Horse. Yes. <laughs> well, there's also one of Sturgis. It's called the Iron Horse. Right? Yeah. It's like um, a huge biker bar area, and they're like, yeah, we have thousands of bikes lined up on Memorial Day and everything. No kidding. Oh, that'll be a perfect audience for you guys. Um, we, we like get rowdy. Yeah, no, they're pretty wild over there because. I remember they were asking if we wanted to take our drinks to go. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I remember that. Oh man, that, that. how did you get connected with those with those places in Wisconsin and Illinois, Savannah in particular? So, those particular places. Um, we first played in a um, a suburb called Polo, Illinois. 
It's actually a, a marine bar. And he's like, you guys need to play at my buddy. Um... Oh, man, he's going to hate me for this. Oh, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> what is his name? <laughs> he's gonna hate us. He's got a huge bar in Savannah. You guys go over there. So, um, yeah, that's that's how we got connected there. Um, as far as initially getting connected with uh, Chesty's, we were first playing a show at Top Fuel Saloon with Every Mother's Nightmare. That's in uh, Braidwood, Illinois. And then we're like, hey, if we're gonna go that far, we need to find some other places to play in. And I just across a couple venues and I just contacted them. So I'm like, sweet, play here, <laughs> make our trip Well, you know, I mean, a little, uh, little elbow grease, I guess, is, uh, is, goes a long way, right? Right, absolutely. They can't, they can't say yes if you don't ask. Exactly. And so <laughs> you, uh, you're, you're also on the bill uh, at Rockfest, assuming that, that that comes together in July. Where, what stage are you guys gonna be playing on this year? Loud and local. You've played there before, right? Sorry, what was that? You played you played that stage before, right? No, this is our first time playing Rockfest. It is. Wow, congratulations. That's exciting. So uh, have you heard from other folks who played uh, played there and kind of know what to expect? Um, I haven't talked to anyone about it. I've seen just some footage of some local bands that have played there and it looks like a lot of fun, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and then over in uh, Chippewa Falls at Everybody's Bar. We played there a couple months back. And uh, the owner, he's like, hey, make sure you guys set up your entire production when you go to Rockfest and just do what you guys do. So, I mean, that's, that's another perfect environment for you guys. I mean, it's, a, it's gonna be a great audience. When, uh, when do you play? We actually have three sets between, I think it's like 12, 15 till about four o'clock nice. time frame we'll play three times that's great and uh and which day are you playing friday friday um slipknot anthrax steel panther dangling we're open for slipknot <laughs> i like it i like it. if i was playing friday because that'd be pretty cool too but you know <laughs> he's on saturday yeah. That's going to be a different experience. I mean, that's that's going to be kind of a different. I mean, he's the first true non-metal uh, act that they've had at, at yeah. Fest. So it'll be interesting to see how the crowd responds to him for sure. Snoop Dogg or Snoop Lion? It's Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's how they have him build his Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Uh, so as you've you've had a chance to play with some other bands locally and you guys were actually on the very last bill at piggy bank in uptown uh opening up for uh diamante what uh what did what are those fans uh had to say with you two guys after your sets are you, are you getting to a good new audience with some of those shows that was actually a really good show for us that was one of our best because um, it opened us up to a different demographic well, it's basically, that's actually what I would think is our target audience, which we don't really get a chance to play to too often. <laughs> yeah. And is that the first time you played with Cold Kingdom? Because they're, they're local as well. Yeah, first time. That's great. And so were you able to make some good connections with those folks and, you know, maybe do some shows with them in the, in the future? Um, no, we didn't really get a chance to talk to them too much. <laughs> it was... 
Well, it was kind of um, everything was a little bit rushed. You know, we we're just on a tough schedule, and yeah, um, it was it was a and there were three bands on the bill, right? You were the third. Three bands, very small stage for everything that we needed to set up. So, and our drummer showed up late, so we were kind of first about that too. So um, afterwards, yeah. like you know, the fans got us really drunk too. So <laughs> we went really hard that night. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we we stayed until the very end, and we were just chilling with um. Which is Diamante and a couple other members of her band, and she was really drunk at the time too. And the bartender was trying to kick us all out, but we could to get one more shot. So he gave us all one shot of tequila, and then he told us to get out. That's why they bribed us to leave because, like, we weren't leaving. Um, you don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. Exactly. <laughs> it was a Tuesday. <laughs> it was a Tuesday night. Yeah. I'm going to work the next day. <laughs> like, I didn't expect that, to be honest. I thought I was going to go in, play, have a couple beverages, and, you know, go home. Um, <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting shit fucked. <laughs> that was a great night. I had a great time. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. You had kind of a, an auspicious ending to this whole uh, club scene before the virus hit, too. You, uh, you played the uh, uh, Skyway with Flaw and Gabriel and the Apocalypse. And I think that was literally like the last club show yep. in yeah. Minnesota before the lockdown. What was that? Was there much of a crowd there that night? Why do we keep shutting things down? <laughs> <laughs> no. Let rock live. It was like every time we play, everything shuts down. I was not closed. Like it was just like, right. well, I mean, you know, everything shut down. This one, we shut the whole world down. And you probably you broke Minnesota, right? Yeah. We, so was, we, it, was it a decent crowd at that show? Yeah, no. So the, the crowd was really great at that show. Um, there was a lot of people there. Uh, we got to hang out with um, Gabriel and the Apocalypse, made some good connections with them. They really liked our set. We liked their style. Um, yeah, we made a lot of friends that, that night, actually. That's great. I mean, they've got a very visual presentation, too. I mean, when you get on a, on a bill with some with bands like that that are really sort of you know high energy, big visual show, how do you stand out? What are the things you guys try to do in your live set to, to make an impression in that kind of environment? It first well, starts off with the production. Like, for example, we opened for uh, Diamante. Um, you actually couldn't see that there was like stuff set up behind us like our banner covered up the entire uh back mm -hmm. the other bands drums and amps and all like it, it didn't look like there was something going on afterward uh, because like we just had so much production with the light pillars the light columns yeah they look massive drum set too like the thing is what i really appreciate is that our drummer brings a massive kit regardless of what where we're playing He's always two bass drums, four rack toms, two floor toms. And he even asked me, he's like, do I have to bring the big one? I was like, yes, you have to bring the big one. Well, that's the thing. Like, we want to, we want people to see that we're here. Like, no matter where we're playing, we're bringing our production. Now, some stages, and because of, like, uh, turnover time, we might not be able to bring the full production, but we still bring it if we can. And that's what we did for, you know, those two shows. Um, and it really helps us establish... You know, our 
image and what we're trying to present and portray just with the stage production itself. And then, then we have our, our intro song and that just sets everything up. And a lot of bands have a like an intro piece that just starts off before the band is playing or anything like that. Yeah. And I think ours is a little unique because it takes a little bit of classical music going into um, some dubstep, some Skrillex in there, and then it even ends with the Terminator. <laughs> and then that's yeah. when we come out, and then we start off usually with Ready or Not, Come On and Rock. I make it very dramatic. Yeah. Um, theatrical aspect. And then when those, the first note hits, that's where our music comes in and we come in. And like, what I really love about these shows that you just mentioned is that we get to open, like we're the first band. I love being the first band actually, because then you can kind of set up Take and time. when you hit the stage, you know, you set the standard. Right. And that's, just, that's the thing, like for better or worse, like whatever we do, everyone has to top that, you know? So like, let's say the next band wanted to take it easy. Well, they're not gonna take it easy. You know, after what we put on, like they're gonna have to give it all they got. You know, this is not gonna be one of those shows. So that's also a good thing. It creates that kind of competition and then um, helps everyone put on a better show. So the fans are doing Exactly, because well, our show is very high energy. You know, we come out swinging, jumping, kicking, flying, punching. <laughs> Blood spit, whatever it is. We leave it all on the stage. So the audience is amped up and, and they want more blood. They want more. <laughs> so the next band is going to come out and do the same thing. That makes for just a great night for everybody. Absolutely. It's a, it's a fun, it's, it's obvious that you've thought this through pretty carefully that that visual component, I mean, obviously you're, you sound really tight when you're on stage and you've worked well together you know, as a band for a long time, but that visual and having that well thought out seems like it's really been part of the plan from the very beginning. Is that is that true? So when we first started, like our first show at the Varsity Theater, um, we wanted to do all that, but that was very hard, especially because the songs, like we thought we, we had good songs, but like deep down, I think we knew that we can do better and we needed more music wise. But we didn't have a drummer or a bass player on top of that. Yeah, so we needed to, before we could do real production, we needed to kind of figure out what we're about, what we're doing. And that, that took a while. Um, and to learn to play our instruments and sing and stuff. Like, you know, that doesn't happen on day one. Right. It actually took a lot of time. And then slowly we started by, you know, having a banner. Then it was a different banner. And then we added the curtains. We added some lights, and honestly, it was right before our we released our EP that I just got this like drive, this motivation to like start welding. Um, so my dad owns a body shop, and I, I went there. I'm like, "Hey, Dad, you know, let's let's start welding." Um, so he showed me how to like cut metal and how to work with it. He he helped on the. On the first pieces, especially, like he did a he did a lot of the work because um, I, I don't know how to work with metal. He started teaching me, and um, he still helps, of course. But it's more me doing more of a hand, like me yeah. doing most of the work. Um, and now, like the, I'm I'm hooked on it because like I really like working with metal. Um, so I, when I build all these props and everything, it, it makes me happy. I have a good time. Like I'm like. Not like, oh man, I got to build 
I'm like, no, right. build this. You know, yeah. yeah, he's always asking me, he's um, like, Steve, what can I do right now? Give me but, a job. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Steve, like, let me build something. I'm like, build whatever you want. I don't know. I built these soundproofing panels. I built these chairs. Um, I'm polishing up all the equipment, making it, you know, more durable because stuff does. Like the lights. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're running around with a power drill on stage, I gotta believe that stuff gets damaged. Right. <laughs> <laughs> true. We, we take the most damage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so hard. Like. Yeah. You talked. You talked earlier about uh, doing some new music. What uh, What do you guys have on tap? So we want to make a couple more music videos because we already have three out of the five songs on the EP with videos. We want to wrap up the storyline there with um, the love that we once had. And then the inmates are running the asylum, which is going to be that final video and basically wrap everything up with the asylum and the institution and all of that. It was like, right now we have a story that we started and that's really going to make everything make sense. Because inmates is the whole story right there. Black leather and ready or not are just kind of like, hey, we have more coming, basically. And they also play a part in the actual story, but it's not like the, the main part. It's not like the meat. No. It's kind of like the veggies. Um, just right now, so it's kind of tricky with the situation we're in. Sure. You know, like we can't film inmates because we can't <laughs> multiple inmates. Right. We get a lot of people for that one, too. Um, gonna do is it's gonna give us more time to plan everything out mm -hmm. write the scripts get all the right pieces and everything do all the busy work right now. yeah um are you uh, are you working on any new songs actually yes <laughs> we got a whole bunch of new songs and we, these songs are actually shaping up where we're going next that's why we need to get these videos done and out so we can kind of move on from that so we can finish this and move on to the record mm -hmm. and like we wrote we've written some really cool stuff um yeah, right, right now we do when we play live we play songs off the we play album half the album but there's still more songs that need to be written the lyrics have already been done so i just need to compose the music to it which is what i've been doing now because i have nothing else to do so I kind of locked myself at home because I've had to, and I just started looking at the words and writing guitar parts to it and really composing the songs, and I basically finished the album. <laughs> so great. once the um, quarantine is lifted and, well, next time we have a rehearsal, you know, then we're going to start learning the songs as a band, and then we can finally hit the studio. Yeah. And the studio has been built. That's what all these sound panels are for. I bought some really gnarly uh, recording equipment, so the, new equipment. the production is going to be much better. Um, we're better at what we do, not just like instruments, vocals, but also mixing, engineering. Mm -hmm. um, and we also now have someone in our pocket that can help with the mixing, engineering if we need it. That's great. Um, we, we're taking it to the next level, and this album huge we're taking our time with it too because yeah we really want it to be mm -hmm. 
it's a lot of songs. It's our best songs that we have, and yeah, it's, it needs to on us. it's an interesting process that you guys use. A lot of bands will start with a riff or with you know laying down the music, and then the words sort of follow. But it sounds like you're starting from the lyrical side and working into the music. That's kind of an interesting, different process. Yeah, it goes a little bit both ways. Just this guy's got a lot of lyrics already written. <laughs> So it makes it a little bit easier to go lyrics and then music. Music. I, mean, I never, I mean, as you can probably tell through this interview uh, we're doing here, I don't stop talking. So <laughs> I don't stop talking, I probably don't stop thinking and writing too. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like I've got hundreds of songs written. And the ones that I've written and picked for this first album, because um, I'm really artsy fartsy. So I have a whole concept and there's a reasoning to why these songs are here why the order and all that it's not like a straight up concept album where like you have to listen to it front to back sure but there is a concept weaving through the whole album and everything will make sense at the end and i know i keep saying that actually you say at the end everything will make sense well, and that, that's I, I like it like that well, because when you watch a movie, you'll never know what really happened unless you finish it. Like, so I like, hate it when someone's like talking through the movie, going, Oh, I think this is going to happen, or that's going to happen. No, it's just, oh, it's gonna wait happen. for it, <laughs> um, wait for it, right? It's gonna, it's gonna happen, and that's kind of what we're doing here. So, I want people to kind of start having their own thoughts about like what's happening, you know? nice. yeah. When you're when you're bringing that uh, when you when you get the lyrics from from Caster, are you are there some things in there that you can hook into as far as creating riffs? I mean, is there some rhythmic stuff going on there that you use, or how do you how do you decide how to approach that that music when you're when you're working with the lyrics that he's already created? So at first, I read the whole story that he's written. Sure. So I understand kind of what it's about, and then I try I kind of pick my own melody and rhythm to it mm -hmm. mostly just have a story given to me and then now it's time for me to really compose and arrange it mm -hmm. and obviously it's got to fit with the mood the lyrics they have to go hand in hand and such um but yeah it's basically i just start plugging away at the words and kind of seeing what fits cool. or i can just come up with the riff and then he's like hey i have lyrics that fit right to that and i'm like okay let's try Sounds like a really solid collaboration. It sounds like you guys really bounce things off of each other. It actually works very well, mm -hmm. um, except most of the songs. Um, I'm a big Elvis fan, you know, and all just loves to do is like ballads and stuff. Well, personally, I'm not a big fan of ballads, but a lot of the lyrics, I write them in a ballad-like mood style. And as you can tell from our need, any song that we've recorded, we don't have ballads. So like, I was gonna say you're super not ballads. <laughs> like he, you know, he speeds them up, he makes them aggressive. Um, but the record will have slower songs. The record, it's a freak show. It's got every everything you can possibly. Imagine. Well, that, that's the whole thing. Like if you're gonna have an album called "Welcome to the Freak Show," you gotta deliver. The yeah. album, it has songs that are ten minutes long. It has songs that are three minutes long. Wow. We have different tunings throughout the whole album from standard to drop C tuning, so we get pretty heavy. Wow. 
but we keep it melodic throughout the whole time, keeping the theme of Castor Valor, yeah. energetic. A lot of sounds you know, exciting. It sounds like you really got a, a lot of diversity in the in the music, which is it sounds like it's going to be a great record. Do you have a have a target? I mean, obviously, recording now is going to be really hard, but do you have a goal of uh, date to get it out? I was thinking probably early twenty one. Mm -hmm. So because. I mean, we're already in April. Yeah. So, oh man, you're right. Spend these next months finishing these songs as a band, really tightening them up, yeah. and recording them, mixing them, leaving them alone, coming back to them, yeah. preparing to you know market and promote them, which brings us into 21, and then we obviously want to do a full tour yeah. for that album too. And specifically, a really big release. Show party. Yeah. Fun. We've been talking about this for a while now. So, yeah. It sounds exciting. And, you know, obviously you've been busy with a ton of stuff uh, in the interim, and you even put out some new merch. And I got to ask about the, the goggles, the Party Rock goggles. Are those really for sale? Yeah. Yeah, we, we manufacture them. I found a way to manufacture them in a somewhat cost effective manner. Because like Elmer and Fall, they they had they had those sunglasses. They had sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, how do I one up that but make it heavy metal? So I was a little bit inspired by actually Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor was those like um, welding goggles. Yeah. Was like I like to weld. <laughs> uh, so so I kind of took that and you know I looked at a lot of different kind of like sunglasses and stuff like that. And I took some influences and I came up with these. And yeah, I think they're pretty sweet. They I got think they're really cool. Yeah, they are absolutely cool. Um, so yeah, we're, gonna, we're starting to sell those. And nice. People... So where do we send people to learn more about you guys? Where, where, where would you like us to direct the audience? That would just be castorvalor.com. And they get you on social media there as well. Yep, absolutely. We got Facebook, got the Instagrams, the Twitters. Be sure to follow my personal Instagram. I need more followers. Um, <laughs> we have our YouTube channel, so we'd love to have people go over there too. Um, whatever social site or music link you're on, it'll connect you to the other one because we we have the ball. And your website, you scroll to the bottom. It's got everything down there. Perfect. Everywhere. So what uh, what parting words of wisdom do you have for, for our audience? Have a good time. <laughs> All the time. All the time. Very <laughs> nice. That worked out perfectly. I really like that. Wait, for real, check out a new single, Party Rock Anthem. It's available everywhere. Yes, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> All right, Stephen Caster, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much. For coming back on the show and uh let us know when you've got new stuff coming up good luck with uh with the upcoming videos and uh and your shows coming up sounds good Absolutely. thank you thank you thanks for having us